When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out the Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go with Lou Ryan. Woo! <laughs> you better put them hands together. Put them together for a Wednesday. A lot of big conversations, none bigger than the uh, future of golf. After the announcement of yesterday, the uh, CNBC story broke yesterday morning right during our blitz in this hour. And uh, obviously, it's been the conversation around the around the world, around the country since then. And Mike, I think you and I have both agreed throughout the course of the morning. Mike Craven is here, by the way. Bucky out this morning. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, but Mike is here. Dave Campbell's Texas football senior writer, formerly the Austin American Statesman, lifelong Central Texan. We'll get into some college football coming up. But um, you know, this, this is certainly a golf story because it pertains to the game of golf and its players. But at the same time, this is a big business story. This is a that's why it's why it was broken on CNBC. Uh, that's where they had the news. It was a, this, is a, this is a mega business deal. And, you know, it's one of those, as I said, if you watch the show Succession on HBO, which wrapped up its final season just recently, if you know how it ended, um, a big company, a global company called Gojo, bought the global, the giant, you know, media company Waystar, right? That's how it, that was the, the end. Um, and in the end, there was a backstab. I mean, they're not to... to, to um, but we but can not, spoil it now. Yeah, I'm not spoiling, but you know, there there's a backstab. <laughs> you you'll have to watch it to figure out where it was. But uh, you know, which is a big business. And as I, I came out of Succession, saying, you know what, I liked the show. I thought it was tremendously written. It was well acted. They're going to win all the Emmys. It's really high level television. But at the same time, I, I've never gotten into a show where I didn't, I couldn't latch on or root for one character. There wasn't one person in the show that I liked, and that was by design. That's oh, why yeah. it's so well written. Yeah. Uh, that man, I, who who am I rooting for here? I I don't want I want them all to fall off a bridge. You know what I mean? It's like at the same, but and this is kind of this. Like they're, they're, people are trying to say winners and losers, and you know, Jay Moynihan's a villain, and this and that. Well, it, Phil Mickelson is a winner loser. It's just you know the, the golfers themselves you can root for. I think uh, I know, but the, the the particulars, the guys that were doing this deal, because there are those that, that said, well, the PGA Tour needs to be broken up because it's a monopoly. It's a monopoly. Well, what do you have now? Yeah, I mean, you have you had a monopoly. If you were arguing that from the business side, the PGA Tour needs to be broken up because it's a monopoly. Well, now you have a giant global monopoly controlled by a nation state that is in charge of all of golf. Is that better? That, Prob- maybe, but at the same time, if you can't argue one side that it was you want the monopoly broken up, well, it's not. It's just now owned by a global nation state that does horrible things. The hypocrisy extends beyond the PGA Tour, and of course, the PGA Tour has its has. It's, it's lion's share to hold, and, and it has egg on its face and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, Phil Mickelson is as hypocrite. You know, like, 
he didn't go to live to help the game of golf or to grow the game of golf or to make he went to go make some money that he lost gambling yeah. that's what he did and that's fine like again that's fine like i have no problem with that at all i i get paid money too to go gamble right so like i i have no problem with that i just wish everybody from the beginning would have been honest right the players going to live would have been like you know i'd like to work less and make more and the player staying going i'm chasing history and i don't want to take money from over there and, and this is fine for me and for the league to go uh, right now, this isn't going to work out for us, but down the road, if the money figure gets so high that we can't turn it down, we're not going to turn it down. And so, you know, I, I just think there's there's hypocrites in every single walk of life on this deal. Well, and, and it just feels like kind of like a, a giant business merger or takeover. It, it was just inevitable. Uh, and this was the, the, the way it went. And, and that has to be told. I mentioned throughout the show, Jack Nicholas is, quote, praising a good day for golf because now the the rancor and the, the divisiveness can end, and we can all work together moving forward, essentially, is what the Golden Bear said. But in it, he said, three years this has been going on. For Again, for most people, it's been a year on their brain, the live tour and the Saudi money, maybe a year and a half. But if you're in the golf world, it's been three, because Jack yeah. Nicholas turned down money at the very beginning of this, uh, because this was a stated goal, was to, to own golf. And I believe what's happened in the last you know three years has been the uh, the the DP World Tour and the uh, the PGA Tour, you know, kind of fighting to hold off as much as they could, uh, and in the end, you know, they they big money won and big money won out, and it was a huge. I I, I got accused of calling it uh, being oh, hyper hyperbolic, saying a a hostile takeover. Well, I mean, if, if they take if, if they take you over and they you don't want to be sold, <laughs> it feels hostile. Then it's aggressive, on, on at least. Side. It's like minor surgery, right? And, and, it's only when because, it happens to somebody else because they, they wouldn't sell the tour to you. Then you start your because people say live golf was a win. Well, live golf was a prop. Live golf was a vehicle to then start pilfering players so that you could create the disruption it was going to take to get the team thing that you wanted was to own golf, and well, now they own golf, and we'll all fo- follow whether it's good for the game, how it grows the game. Uh, how the players react to it, that's all the, to come. But this is a, a giant business deal. Let's be honest about that. That's not breaking news. Moynihan called uh, called the Saudis world-class investors yesterday. He went pretty much calling them terrorists <laughs> to, to world-class investors. Yeah, again, two things can be true at one time. Um, I kind of disagree with Omar that we had on earlier a little bit. I, I think the thing that the PGA needs is a disruption to its weekly grind of four-day tournament after four-day tournament after four-day tournament. Uh, people like me just watch the Masters and the occasional tournament at, at a golf course that we enjoy or if something's at Pebble or something like that. I would tune in more if every once in a, a while there was a team event or there was a doubles or there was a long drive competition built in within the thing, right? Like, it's entertainment. Everybody pushed back on the NBA on the play-in game and how dumb of an idea that was. And now it's the best part about the NBA. Now you got to play in team in the I, NBA Finals. I think five years – yeah, exactly. I think five years from now – there will be some differences to the normal schedule, just the grind and grit of a normal PGA schedule, and the players well, will end up liking it more, and the fans will end up liking it more, and we'll care a lot less about where that money's coming from well, than we do right now. And let's also say, I, I, look, I can't. Jay Moynihan is the devil in this whole thing. He's the guy on succession that you you hate the most. But at the end of the day, I think he would tell you he agrees. Because right? yeah. if you're the PGA Tour and you're the commissioner of it and you're fighting against this entity that has endless amounts of money, and you're trying to run a business, right? You're running, then you've got profit and loss. You've got a board that you have to appease. You've got to make money to spend money. Uh, that's not the case. Again, we told you the live tour, the prop, 
was it cost them two billion dollars, and they never made a dollar. Yeah. They don't care. They, they would have kept spending. Yeah, just two care. billion dollars to a fund that is worth in excess of six hundred billion. Yeah. Drop in the bucket. And doesn't that's not six hundred billion for the rest of like that's grow like that's that's growing. You know what I mean? They've already made that two billion dollars <laughs> this back, morning. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, yeah, they never cared about the long run uh, money that they were putting into it. This is what they were trying to get to. It, it it was equivalent of you know like when the police put those strips out on the street to like stop a car from driving fast. Like you don't break the car, you're just trying to slow it down long enough to catch up to it. And that's that's what Live Golf was. Speaking of secession, who is the mo like the most disliked per like who that's is the Shiv? Shiv is the least likable. I, I like her the least. Well, everybody has their own. I mean, everybody yeah. has their own least like. Because Tom's my favorite. Tom, Tom, and so maybe that's why I think Shiv is the worst. Tom as well. and Greg, the disgusting brothers. Yeah, are, are Tom my and Gre- I mean, Greg makes sure. that show well, right. Like every show needs a punching bag, a, a funny comedy person that you can just like laugh at the whole time. It's the Joey I've been and Lindsay rule. Just so annoying. Uh, yeah, Greg is Greg is totally annoying. It's so weird watching like. Watching Tom in that show, and then I rewatched Pride and Prejudice the other day. You're right. Or, or just that. when he does an interview and he's like extremely uh, yeah. British. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, damn, uh, y'all, those Brits are good at Eng- or yeah. American accents. Yeah. Uh, Taking over. Because we just had a guy text. You are spoiling it. I am just started watching on your advice. Well, don't spoil you'll, you'll pick your own characters. You'll enjoy it. Go start to finish. I promise you, you'll love the show. Uh, but you won't like anybody. I, that will be almost my promise. If you do... Look in the middle, figure yourself out because there, there's no one to like on that show. I like Logan too. Yeah, it's a. I have <laughs> oh, a problem. Man, he is the most despicable guy out there. I have a problem because I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed. Uh, well, a lot I'll just of say it. this on the on, and your point of the schedule. I do think now that Jay Moynihan, if he can remain, I do. I don't know that a lot of people think that's possible. But as it stands now, it looks like he'll be number two in command behind Yasser, mm-hmm. and uh, Yasser's in charge, and the fund runs everything, and that he'll run it. You know, you now that you're not competing against them and you're unified, you can allow players to bounce from tour to tour, and and players can, you know, shape their own schedule. Uh, and players don't have to play because remember the the fight against Live was guys, we need to raise our purses, we need to play more, we need our best players on TV every weekend, we need you to play because uh, we we need to sell it to be able to to pay these bigger purses. Well, now that's not even the problem. The, the guys are going to be able to take more time off, and you can do, uh, you know change up the tournament or play in a team event uh, for, for a couple of weeks and then come back to the big ones. I, I think over time that will change and the purses will rise. That just couldn't happen in real time. And now it can. And again, it's all under one umbrella and it's unified. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. Somebody texted and says, hey, how would you feel if, when, if, if the Saudis bought the NFL? Well, that is a story we've talked about. This isn't the end, right? They're buying Premier League teams. They're, 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 they're buying soccer players. They bought the World Cup. And brought it to Qatar, which no one ever thought was possible. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What's next? Uh, your favorite sport is probably something that they're going to be interested in to create the influence that they want. Uh, that's been an ongoing conversation. They start getting into the NIL space, then it's really over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I would say that the, the, the sport of football is an American sport. And I don't know, I can't predict, I don't know that the Saudis right. want to get involved they, in American football. They want football. global reach sports. Global reach, right, which baseball yeah. Is a global game. Yeah. Uh, soccer, obviously. They'll take Bas- over Formula One soon. Yeah. Most likely. If they already haven't. There's, there's been some boxing matches over there, too, yeah. right? Yeah. WWE. They just took over WWE. They basically own WWE now. Money talks. Yeah. Especially to Vince McMahon. Says Hugo is the worst. Everybody's making a, uh, a, 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 the, the points. It was good. Uh, That's probably my favorite show. What? Secession? Like, top three favorite shows ever. 
Sopranos is my number one. Soprano, it's like, but even Sopranos, I mean, Ooh, wow, that's a good. Sopranos create a situation where you you were kind of were rooting for a ruthless killer who was an ass. HBO so good, but they it, made him lovable too. That's the I know, funny that's, part. You're right. That's the funny part is like you can get to you can you can get to a show where you're rooting for a mob boss. Yes, right. I love The Wire. That's my favorite show of all time. You can get to a show where you're you're rooting for a crack dealer on 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 a block, right? But you cannot get to a point where you're rooting for like some rich spoiled kid who's trying to take over daddy's business, right? Like that's where we draw the line because yeah. <laughs> we all hate that. I think that's awesome. Me too. Uh, and yeah, but you that's great writing. It's great, uh, you know, great theater when you can create a villain to become a, a yeah. lovable villain. Um, and I'm glad they didn't take the cop out of making somebody a lovable person and giving us a satisfying ending because that's not how business works. It ends like live in PGA. Like, yeah, like there could be. We're all kind of like, yeah, this is kind of gross, but it's the world we live in. And, you know, within the same week, two great shows ended their run Ted Lasso and Succession. Neither, they couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> on their view on on, on life, and right. uh, one wrapped up kind of a nice little bow, and one, you know, ended how you would have expected it to end, uh, and that's I think I enjoyed both of them. I'm gonna oh, buck good. off Ted Lasso, by the way. Another sport that I enjoyed. I had a friend just season. text me that's a huge F1 guy. He said they already have their hand in the cookie jar there. Sure, do they? I was gonna because that, that, that seems like a one. That seems like one that they would easily kind of come in and, and dominate yeah well i mean somebody had the example yesterday might have been ty what if what if they buy the xfl from the rock and say and then they just drive up the price and compete against the nfl could they do that probably would they we'll see football's tougher because of the helmets you know like it's harder to just like you can't just go get lebron james like if you brought tom brady to the xfl how how long are you really watching tom brady just throw to people who can't catch like i he, would watch that every week <laughs> every week get so well, pissed I, off that's, that's, that's just point. an example that's, a good of, how, that's, that's a good an example point. of how they possibly could go about it i know i know I just, I just, but same time the unique challenge if you brought tom brady in made him the owner head coach GM and starting quarterback, I would watch that. That every would be week. pretty funny. Get get Peyton back out there. A lot of us would not watch that. You would, Ty. All time qu- starting quarterback. You'd watch no. the clips. Uh, probably yeah. not. Okay, so uh, also you should remember in this uh, PJ Tour Live Golf and the unification, the Department of Justice will get involved. Once like, if you watch Succession, you that that was a hurdle that needed to be cleared. Uh, the DOJ will have a say on this as it comes, and the players will. Right, the players have to. There's a players board. So this thing is uh, just agreed to. The the outcome uh, moves forward. Uh, all right. Can we get to the quick headlines, get you caught up on the news, then we'll talk some college football. Top Gun, Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And, yes, uh, we start with uh, college baseball. Longhorns now know that they're a Saturday, Sunday, Monday Super Regional in Palo Alto this weekend. Uh, that was announced yesterday by the NCAA. Texas will play Saturday at 5 o'clock. Game one of their series with the eighth, eighth-ranked Cardinal. It'll air right here on the Horn. Of course, television, they'll have it on ESPN2. Game two would be Sunday. Game three, if necessary, Monday. Start times for those two will be determined at a later date. Uh, also, if you're a TCU Horn Frog fan, they're playing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if necessary, series. TCU's game will be 5 o'clock on Friday. They've won 17 of 19 headed into this series. Major League Baseball, terrible news yesterday for the Rangers. Official word that Jacob deGrom, the high-priced free agent signing, is not going to pitch again this year, maybe not for next year. DeGrom's going to have Tommy John surgery uh, next week. General Manager Chris Young says the hope that he could potentially return by the end of next season. New, good news for the Rangers, though, even without their ace or potential ace, they're off to their best start in franchise history. Improved to 40-20 and 20 with a win last night over the St. Louis Cardinals 6-4. to four. Astros lost in Toronto 5-1. to one. Round Rock dropped the road, their road opener uh, in Salt Lake 6-5. to five. 
Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Get a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler zero-turn mowers in stock till June 30th at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, good friend uh, Lamar on the text line says, Saudi Fund owns 10% of Uber, a large percent of Starbucks and Zoom, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're everywhere. And that's, look, to me, they're, and I heard Brandel Shambly say this perfectly, they're, they're in whether we agree with Brandel or not. Uh, there were three key reasons. One, the litigation. I mean, the courts, this was going to be tied up in court. And not Look, for the players, the uncertainty of when they, could they come back to the PGA Tour, could they play in the Ryder Cup, all of those debates, those things are going to be hide, tied up in court for, for a long time. And the antitrust and you know who was right, and you know those proceedings take a long time. This ends that. All, all pending litigation is over. Uh, also, the sponsors, I mean, P- Jay Moynihan's position and the PGA Tour's position became more and more, you know, intractable in- in- because they know that the, how are they raising their purses? They have large sponsors, right, that sponsor these tournaments and their TV partners. Well, a lot of those TV, all those partners are invested in, in Saudi Arabia as well. Uh, so how do you, that's, that's hypocritical on itself that yeah. your, own, your own sponsors are involved and, and you're saying don't take that money. You're taking their money and they're supporting it. That became more and more. Uh, non, you know, without support, and then uh, you know, and, and the inevitable, just just you know, get to the end. And the question will be, how does this serve players? I mean, some are calling it a very sad day. Omar Uresti, who we talked to last hour, was very sad about it. Um, Brandel Shambly said it's you know one of the, the saddest days maybe ever in golf. You know, we'll see. Uh, or was it just a business deal that was inevitable because you can't stop the big money and that that coming to a sport near you, Ty, uh, and and Mike. Hey, see, so the. Uh, the college football conversation. Uh, we were talking about Sonny Dykes last hour. You have written in the cover story that will be a uh, uh, must-read when you get to your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. should also mention that they're the inside fold is Reginald Samples. Yep. The great coach at Duncanville who finally won a state championship. Finally player, got one. Which is a cool one. You didn't, did you write that story? No. I did not. Greg Tepper wrote that story. It's, uh, it's a really well-done story because Reginald Samples is not a universally beloved figure. Um, you know, he's been, you know, he's in that South Dallas corridor next to Cedar Hill, DeSoto, South Oak Cliff. And, you know, there's there's some uh, accusations of recruiting that's gone on in, in those places for a long time. And, and you know, maybe somebody who uh, not all coaches love universally, uh, but for him to finally break through was great. You know, he was on the other end of that 2018 Hail Mary when they played North Shore. Uh, he was on. He was on the, uh, a wrong end of another one when he was at Dallas Carter, I believe, as well back in back in the early or back in the '90s. And so, somebody's always kind of been the bridesmaid, never the bride. And he finally broke through. And his his reach on black coaches across the state is just infinite. And so, I, I think it was important for that reason as well. Yeah, he's on the inside cover, which is really cool as well. Uh, college coach and a high school coach there at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Speaking of coaches, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, What's what's the pressure level for him in 2023? Where, where would you put it on a scale of 10? 10 I mean, being the most. Eight. Yeah. Um, eight and a half, nine. You know, I think the expectations have grown to a point where anything below 10 wins and at least a Big 12 title game appearance is going to be looked at as a disappointment. And this will be three years for him. He's 13 and 12 as a head coach at the University of Texas. That's clearly not the standard. They've fired coaches recently for a lot better records than than, than that. And so – uh, when going into the SEC, ramping it up into the SEC, A&M on the doorstep and, and that game about to be played again within a year, Texas and Texas A&M are in the middle of an arms race to be ready for that game. Agreed. And they have to be ready for that game. If either of those fan bases leave this season feeling as if the program's going in the wrong direction, I wouldn't be surprised if a change was made. 
Yeah, and a lot of people think three years not enough, and Sark has done it's enough. Not, I, I think I think I would, I would agree. I'm just, right. but I'm not disagreeing with your number. Yeah, might be nine because of all the reasons you just laid out clearly. Uh, and you know he's got a team that is very capable of winning the Big Twelve. I think based on players and talent. And as you and I both agreed on, if you go see our eyes on Texas multicast that dropped this week, Mike and I do it each week now, all the way through the football season. Uh, it's our multicast. You can find it on YouTube at uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Republic of Football site uh, spot there. Also on the Horns YouTube page. You can also listen to it on iTunes and Spotify. You know, we both agreed the biggest question to the ceiling of this team is Quinn Yours and the quarterback position. Uh, there are other questions, but they are not as as glaring as quarterback. They may that may seem like an obvious statement, but you know, what is Quinn yours in year two within the Texas program? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about linebacker opposite of, of Jalen Ford. We could talk about pass rush and if Baron Sorrell uh, can make that next step or if Anthony Hill comes in and immediately helps that position out. But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about Quinn yours And a lot of times it is in football. That's just what we've made um, the position. But, you know, going back, if you look at Quinn Ewers' history, you know, junior year of high school, he was injured for a lot of it. Senior year of high school, he skipped to go uh, get some money at Ohio State, and good on him for that. Um, and then last year, you know, gets in in his, you know, the fifth quarter, he's playing, he's hurt, and misses a few games and comes back. He hasn't played a full season of football since he was a 16-year-old sophomore at South, Oak, at South Lake Carroll. And so he's going to have to prove that he's able to play a 13 games and not just stay healthy for those 13 games, but be consistent for those 13 games. We saw the second half in Oklahoma State. We've seen those moments where he looks lost or just isn't connecting. The Baylor game, where he's just not connecting it with guys. Quinn Ewers has always been a two-read quarterback. You can talk to his. You can talk to Coach Dodge at South Lake Carroll. Um, you can talk to the Ohio State guys. You can talk to anybody around so around Quinn Ewers. He struggles when he gets to the third or fourth progression. Yep. That is where he's going to have to make a major jump, and you would expect him to make that major jump after having 10 games under his belt and a second offseason under under the same coordinator. So it's an expected jump, but it's still one we're going to have to see before I go, yeah, they're going to be 11-1. and one. Agreed, and I think it's, it is a great storyline for Texas that the, the biggest question is Steve Sarkeesian, your head coach, is his strength, right? Uh, what is the, the, the greatest strength of Steve Sarkeesian? Developing quarterbacks. Um, what is his calling card, whether he's at USC or Washington, where he developed Jake Locker at Alabama, where he's developed you know, a couple of NFL guys while he was there, is his development of quarterback. So you have the pressure on Sark, and then he's got to get this quarterback ready to go. Now, let's not forget, he's not the only quarterback, and a lot of quarterbacks get hurt. We know that the backup is almost always needed in a long college football season. Malik Murphy is a name to watch as well. So we'll talk more about that coming up. Texas football with Mike Craven, college football with Mike. Also, Craig Way has his report this hour. Your thoughts on the uh, the merger and the changing golf landscape. Plus, before the end of the hour, salacious gossip and your blitz on a Wednesday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate all the uh, thoughts and opinions and weighing in on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. This one says, just to clarify, guys, actual slavery is legal in Saudi Arabia. Yes. A lot of things about Saudi Arabia that's uh, not great. Not great. Not great. But, uh, you know, that's been the debate the whole time. And uh, it's how do you control that? They have the money and they're buying their way to the access and the uh you know, the, the, the term sports washing that they want, and uh, that's not going to stop. Um, you know, as, as Ty pointed out, you know, and we've talked about, China is, you know, pretty much owns the NBA a lot, a lot of levels, and they do some some bad things. It's not like our, our country's not perfect in, in some regards, but we do, you know, 
basic human rights are, are usually We don't have concentration, concentration camps here no. in America. Well, like, I mean, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've got our history. But at the same time, but it, 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 it's in, at some level inevitable uh, that he who has the purse, you know, and, and the almighty dollar wins, that's where these things go. And that's where, where does this go? I mean, Jay Moynihan, who brokered the deal, you know, I, I don't know how he stays. I really don't. I don't know how he remains. Uh, there were reports of him of calls for his resignation from the players yesterday, and rightfully so. You know, you, how is he ever trusted again? And the people that have to trust him are those players, and they're never going to trust him again because uh, some would say in a big business deal he had to act like he did. He had to say one thing and do another and pull the old backdoor Johnny, as our man Craig Flowers called it, to make this deal happen and do what, to get what was best for the PGA Tour. Um, but same time, he probably has to go, and there's got to be a new face in that role. But what now his boss has a, has a big say in that, and that would be Yasser and the Saudis. They now run the whole thing as far as that goes. So a lot to be determined as we go forward. Will you still watch the game of golf becomes a huge question. Let's also add to that, Mike, that the game of golf has never been more popular. The sport of pit playing golf has never been more popular. Through COVID, the game of golf exploded. And if you talk to any... Mm-hmm. Golf pro around town, they can't. The tee sheet is jammed. You try to get a tee time anywhere, you got a better call early, uh, early in the week, and they might be gone by then. So people love the game. Will this impact the the, the consumer habits of watching golf? Because in the end, your best players are going to be back playing together next year, and uh, we're not going to have to split tours and the acrimony that's gone on. So again, everybody's got to deal with that in their own own mind of how they uh, move forward. This kind of reminds me of something, but in the opposite way, like when the the national anthem protests happened and everybody got on Twitter and social media and acted as if they were never going to watch the NFL again because it had gone woke. And then you see the ratings and they're higher than they've ever gone. Yeah. Right. And so I think on both sides, we all, we all do this, right? We, we, and it's okay. You know, like it's fine. Like it's a natural thing to, to be up in arms to not like a thing, to not agree with a certain group of investors or, in this case, a whole country and what they do. But then also, no, like, I love this thing, and I live in a society, and sometimes you have to put those things to the side uh, to enjoy what you enjoy and to be around the people that you're going to be around. It's like when a president's elected that you don't like and the other side's like, leave the country, and it's like, well, my family's right here. Like, my mom's <laughs> down the street, like, you know. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I think there's just levels to it. There's gray areas here. And we're just in one of those gray areas that everybody's going to have to to work through on their own. Some people don't care at all. Some people care a lot. And some people like me are kind of in the middle. Uh, we'll take your thoughts. This says never forget 9-11. Well, that's absolutely true. And that's another reason Moynihan probably can't remain in his role as commissioner of the PGA Tour and in that spot because of... Uh... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, I like a lot of us cited 9-11 families and victims and, you know, Donald Trump hosting a live event on Memorial Day. Uh, rankled, wrinkled, wrinkled a lot of people, and now you're taking that money. Um, there's a lot to be dealt with, obviously, and the deal is uh, at least agreed to as we get this thing uh, moving forward. We're talking college football and way to the timeout, the Quinn Ewers debate, Texas quarterbacks, Steve Sarkeesian's uh, pressure meter, which which is pretty darn high uh, this year. 
But one thing about Sark, and I know you talked to him for the magazine, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And speaking of coaches and talking to, G.J. Kinney will join us next hour, uh, about the, just after the top of the hour. G.J., of course, the new head coach at Texas State. Mike wrote an article yesterday that's available digitally at Texas uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football right now about G.J. bringing in 51 new players to Texas State in his first year through the portal and transfers 51 at second only to Colorado and Deion Sanders right now. So we'll talk to him. But on Sark, you know, you talk to him. You know, the one thing I, I've really liked about Sark this offseason is he. we know the pressure's there, right, to the, the, the put it in the dirt, to put it on the field, to win games, um, you know, get to double-digit wins and compete for a Big 12 championship or win one. He's not backing down from that. No, he's he 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 doesn't deny that. He he's not shy about it, and he thinks he's got a team that can do all those things. I mean, Sark doesn't lack confidence. You know, he believes in himself. He he believes in what the program's doing and, and the roster he's put together. I think when he walks around the the hallways and sees those people, on, uh, sees those players at practice stuff, he looks around and goes, oh, "This is a team that can win." And he's right. You know, they have players at every single position that are as talented or not more talented than anyone else in the Big Twelve. In 2021, we saw a Baylor team that had gone two and seven the year before uh, go win the Big 12 championship. Last year, we saw you know a team in, in Kansas State that I believe was eight and four in the regular season the year before uh, go and win a, win a conference championship. TCU obviously went from <clears throat> five and seven uh, to twelve and zero in the regular season, and then to a national championship game. So the Big 12 is there to be taking, taken, and it usually goes to the the upperclassmen led. Uh, leader teams that have a lot of experience. And Texas has those, especially on the offensive line. Like, look, I've been around the Texas program my whole life. And I am usually the cynical one in the room that goes like, oh, they're not back. Like, look at these holes. Look at that. Like, you know, let's see it before we believe. But that's usually because they don't have like a bunch of big, strong, tough dudes on the offensive line to lay down that culture, keep everybody in line. Uh, and offensive line is what makes your team tough or not tough. And the offensive line at Texas has not been tough in over a decade. It feels like it's back to that. Uh, the nastiness up front, the experience up front, leads me to believe that this is a team that not only is going to win out because of talent, but will win out because of toughness and, and grit and some of the things that we don't usually uh, prescribe to a Texas Longhorn football team. Uh, good stuff right there. Yeah, now Paul Chris comes in, too, as the senior analyst and, um, you know, so, you know, assistant to the head coach or advisor to the head coach. Paul Christ, well-versed in power run game, power football, uh, outside zone running, and then the play action off of that. Uh, you know, he and Sark, I think, are going to be very aligned on how they want to develop this. And then you work with Kyle Flood on the offensive line to make sure. Because I do think, talk about ceilings of Quinn yours, if the Longhorns are running the ball, if the Longhorns are able to to have a even without Bijan and Roshan and the running backs that are there, if they can have a you know average to above average running game where they create play action opportunities, that's going to make them very difficult to stop. Because uh, I keep going back to the Alabama teams that Sark was the offensive coordinator for, you had to deal with Najee Harris. You just did. I mean, and and if you didn't, he would keep because Sark has always had a thousand yard rusher. Sark will run the ball until you stop it, and then so once you commit more people to stop in the run game. Uh, then it makes those weapons even more explosive, creates man coverage situations, and gives a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, who you talked about his whole life has been a two-read quarterback. You don't have to get to the third or fourth progression if you've got play action and you've got uh, single coverage in a lot of places. You just make a good throw. Someone's going to be there, and they got to win that, that one-on-one. That becomes very dangerous. That's why I think Paul Chris is such a good addition to make sure this team has a strong run game, even without Bijan. Yeah, and I mean, the, the running game a lot of times is just talked about as a function of the running back. 
Uh, but it, but it is the offensive line. I mean, give me a great offensive line and good running backs over a great running back and a good offensive line. And it feels like Texas is going to have a great offensive line in a way that may make up for the step back they take at running back. And that's not to say guys like Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue aren't really – Cedric Baxter is going to be excellent. Uh, but they're not Rashawn Johnson. They're not Bajon Robinson, right? I mean, those were top, top draft picks in the NFL that are going to start and play and make a lot of money. So you're not going to be as good at those spots. But if you're better along the offensive line because of the experience you brought back and not having a true freshman at left tackle, not having a true freshman at right guard, not having a first-year starter at left guard, with all those guys having double-digit starts under their belt, that run game is going to look just as good, if not better, uh, because of those guys opening up those holes. Salacious gossip in the Blitz for the top of the hour. A little bit of uh, breaking news because everybody has been anticipating this. I believe as a, Kyle Porter is a great reporter. He covers golf for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. He just put a tweet out on a quote from Rory McIlroy. So I'm assuming Rory is done with his pro-am and he's meeting the media. Uh, Rory, technically anyone involved in Live Now would have to answer to Jay. Whether you like it or not, the, the PIF was going to keep spending in golf. At least now you can control how the money is spent. So it doesn't sound like Rory is bitter. Um, which, again, this goes to my point that in the meeting yesterday and in meetings with the players since, I'm assuming they've been assured that they're going to get their cut. They're going to get their money. And uh, they're going to all sound like hypocrites when they start taking it. We know that. But at the same time, Jay Moynihan would have done what he did, in my mind, without the agreement from the from, from the money and the new owners that we're going to make those guys that, that stood stood the ground we're going to make them whole. Uh, we're going to make them and make sure they understand. But, again, I don't know the details of that. But for Rory, and, again, this is just one quote, just to, to defend Jay Moynihan and kind of put that back on the live golfers and say, look, he's now your boss. You left. <laughs> he's now uh, back in charge. And, and at least now you can control the, how the money is spent, Rory said. So, interesting. And we'll, it doesn't sound, at least early, that quote doesn't sound like there's bitterness. One thing we know about uh, people with a lot of money is they tend to let other people make those decisions with their money pretty easily, right? Correct. And I, I, I'll say this again <laughs> about Rory. You're right. <laughs> they're they're going to have as much influence as they want, right? Like yes. They can call anybody who they want to be the boss, but the boss is the guy with the pocketbook and the checkbook, and that's not John. Um, correct. And so we'll see. I, I, that's the first quote I've seen from Rory, and that came from Cal Porter at Twitter. Um but you know, maybe there is some, some acrimony. We'll get to that. And we'll he, needs make sure. to call, he needs to call Roger Goodell for some advice. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 100% that'd be, that'd right. be my first call this morning. That's 100%. How right. do you deal with all the hate? Well, uh, and, and yeah, with that bank account, money, money, uh, put money in their pocket, the and, gate around the community. Well, I'll say this for Rory, too. And we talked about this even ahead of it, and even yesterday when this first broke. Rory was showing signs. Of I don't want to say defection, but sure there were there were he was he was backing down a little bit, uh, and you could tell that the grind of playing every weekend. Remember, he took the month off the the tournament off after the Masters, and Hilton Head got fined three million bucks. He talked at, ahead of the Memorial that he'd like to have some more time off during the year because it's he needs to work on his golf swing right now. His you know it's not right, but he doesn't like to do mechanical golf golf swing issues during the season, and we don't get an off season. So even Rory was starting to I want to, to soften, uh, so and you know he seemed a little bit distracted at the at the t- tournament this past weekend. You wonder, 
uh, if there were some thoughts he was having. Either way, we'll hear more from Rory. The players will be meeting the media today that are playing in that Canadian Open. Uh, that's the next big uh, news cycle situation when the players start talking about how their meeting with Jay Moynihan went last week, their, their thoughts on where we're going and where it's been. We'll keep you posted as we go. Also, G.J. Kenny will join the show. Nick Shuley will jump in with the live music update and roadmap on a Wednesday. Plus, we've got your blitz coming next. Load that up, 447-3776. What say you? Here's Craig. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? Salacious gossip. That means it's time to load up the Blitz 447-3776. We said it's a busy next hour with G.J. Kenny, the head coach at Texas State, jumping on in our live music roadmap with our buddy Nick Shuley. Good stuff there where the best live shows are this weekend in Central Texas. He'll get us that. Uh, and it's Salacious Gossip brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights, the world's favorite light beer for four decades. It's the official domestic beer partner of the Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's, and the Texas OU game. Only four great ingredients that bring it to that crisp, great taste. It's brewed right here in the Lone Star State. Brewed for Texans, by Texans, and dang proud of it. And uh, in salacious gossip, how about this? This is not like uh, the salacious kind, but this is a huge sports story. Yesterday was about this time when CNBC broke the story of the shocking merger between Live Golf and the PGA Tour and the unification of the golf tours. Today, looking more and more like it's going to become official today that Lionel Messi... Mike is going to land with Inter Miami in the NMLS. In the MLS, this is a big deal because speaking of Saudi Arabian money, Messi has been linked to a mega deal from the Saudis, but it's uh, now being reported that he's going to land with Miami. Yeah, I'd imagine that means he's going to get some ownership stake, probably uh, some money coming out of the advertising stuff. It's going to be worth his while. Uh, wild. Uh, David Beckham's a part owner of that team, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, according uh, to this story, profit sharing with Apple and Adidas would be part of it, and obviously ownership stake. Um, everything is on the table to get Lionel Messi to enter Miami. As a as a fan, and you used to cover Austin FC. Uh, how big of a of a jolt would this be for the entire league? I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, I don't know for people who are familiar with Major League Soccer. When David Beckham came to Major League Soccer, that was a huge thing about 15, 20 years ago. This is thirty million times bigger than that. Uh, Messi just won a World Cup. Is still he's older. He's not in his prime anymore, but he's still one of the five best soccer players in the world. When he's healthy, when he's playing, this will take some pressure off of him and allow him to be more of just like the playmakers. Latan Ibrahimovic uh, came to MLS a few years ago and made a splash that way as well. So it'll definitely bring eyeballs onto the product that they haven't found before. The problem for those eyeballs is they're going to have to go to Apple Plus because it's hard as hell to find MLS soccer anymore. <laughs> well, you got to have Apple Plus, which is where we watched Ted Lasso. And I heard you when we were talking about TV shows earlier, you said you have a buck off for Ted Lasso. What is your buck off for Ted Lasso? I'm just not a huge fan of the overly sappy, corny television genre. I'm not a feel-good person. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. That, that, that summed it up. I, I actually, we just wrapped it up. I, I rolled I enjoyed my eyes it. more than I laughed. Like, I, I, I'm just, I like the message. I do like the message of compassion and empathy and Guys. The first season was great. Yeah, it was. The first season uh, I, was I, great. You know, I, I, look, is it my favorite television show of all time? No. But did I enjoy the four seasons and the writing and the actors? Yes, I did. I thought it was really good. Uh, and even the fourth, the fourth season, people, you know, thought went woke or went too soft. I thought, it, I thought it was fine for what it is. Just like Succession. I mean, that's what I watch television for: diverse things. And yeah, uh, Succession loved it. Um, that's for people that aren't likable. <laughs> uh, everybody in Ted Lasso is pretty much likable. And uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit corny and cheeseball, but 
I enjoyed it. My problem wasn't uh, any like the woke thing or any of that weird stuff. My my thing was just like as a writer, they tried to tell way too many stories That's at, spot, yeah. at one time, and it just got convoluted. And they didn't, you know, like Matthew McConaughey talks about like doing less better, you know, and making yes. three A's rather than the five B's. Right? It felt like the writers of Ted Lasso tried to make everybody an important character that needed their important story, and it took away from it, in my opinion. I think that's great analysis right there, and I, I don't disagree with that. And again, not my favorite show of all time, not among my favorite shows, but I enjoyed the uh, the four se- three seasons or whatever they had. I uh, need a new show now. Got to get back into, how about the ride, the bull riding show there on uh, the mm-hmm. PBR? Jump on that. I'm going to start getting into that now, streaming that on, on Prime with the Austin Gamblers featured there as well. Remember, get your buck ons in for tomorrow. Uh, we were going to have uh, our first buck off Thursday brought to you by the uh, the good folks at the Austin Gamblers. You know what? You know, the Internet can be a mess, right? Charlie Strong called it the downfall of society at one point. And the social media realm of the Internet can be a scary place. I thought yesterday, in the wake of the golf announcement, I thought the, I thought Twitter and social media was a big winner. People oh, are yeah. creative. People are yeah. funny. Yeah. The memes, the gifts, the storylines. Yesterday was a winning day. Yeah, it was at its best yesterday. I saw a, a meme of of some Bloods and Crips like yeah. putting up a red and blue bandana <laughs> together. And I was like, "Live tour and be <laughs> live tour, baby." <laughs> oh yeah, people are so funny, and uh, you know, there's a lot of times you get on there and it's toxic to try to thumb through Twitter uh, with partisanship and ugliness and whatnot. But I thought yesterday was, and there was plenty of that yesterday too, of course. But I thought. Well done, well done. When we Twitter. can all come together to clown the same thing, <laughs> yeah, it's a good no, day. And Brooks Kepka's tweet uh, asking for someone to do a welfare check on Shambly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? My personal favorite one was was Taylor Gooch, who's a little known player who was playing on the PGA Tour. Took a big check to go to live. He he just snapped a picture uh, of him sitting on his lounge chair at his swimming pool in his bathing suit, his hot wife or girlfriend in the pool, and out the, this beautiful scene. And I think it was two words. Did something happen or what happened? Question mark. Of course, he's living the good life because he took the money. I thought there was a lot of winning winning stuff on, on Twitter yesterday. Let's go to the Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, Bucky will be back tomorrow for a Buck Off Thursday Blitz and the whole show, but uh, today it's Mike Craven. First Blitzer, you're up. E. Yes. Is it true the Saudis are buying the radio network and now you and Buck will be making a mil a year? Uh, that would be that'd be <laughs> all right. I'd take it. <laughs> Let's go to the next Blitzer. You're up. Horse racing. The Saudis love their horses. They're going after. Kentucky Derby, Preakness. I'd love to see what happened there. Good point. Oh, there you go. Next butcher, you're up. Morning, guys. Hey, man. Live from Mexico. Poor Aggies. Poor. Oh, somebody's on a Mexican vacation and about clowning the Aggies for getting knocked out by Stanford. But the Aggies did beat the Longhorns last year, so they'd love a little bit of that scoreboard. Next butcher, you're up. This is the Lost Dodge University, Texas, and I want to Longhorn Ballers, a lot of luck. Remember, boy, keep turning left and get back as fast as you can. Well done, Delos. A little phone issue there, but I uh, got most of the message. Next, Butcher, you're up. Extra, extra, read all about it. Integrity for sale. Well, what is this? Uh, money wins. Next, Butcher, you're up. 
Nobody cares about your damn horses. My camel can beat everybody's horse in America. I hate all of you. Ah! Oh, my gosh. Shut it down. Let's go home. Yeah. So several people have asked about Greg Norman. Is Greg Norman out? And it appears he is not going to be a part moving forward. But you've got a Greg, Greg Norman had a nice tweet about a good day for golf. I'm assuming the shark got a big old bag of cash. He's good. Mission accomplished. He doesn't even need to be a part of it moving forward. He's good. He'll blow it. You know, he'll blow it. I love it. I love it. 96 Masters revisited. Uh, all right, so we'll pick it up on the other side. Rory McIlroy has spoken to the media this morning. We'll try to get you some of his thoughts. Uh, at least on first glance, doesn't seem to be as angry as some may have expected with Jay Moynihan and the PGA Tour and the decision that came down yesterday at this very time. Uh, also, G.J. Kinney will join us and a conversation with Nick Shuley, our weekly roadmap to the live music weekend. It's being on the horn.